Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. Right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are, this is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are with Lyle and... Mom, I'm so excited, Lyle. I know, you're ridiculously <laughs> excited. You've been ridiculously excited all day. I'm popping out of my skin. This is going to be the best show ever today. So excited. We are finally going to announce what I've been teasing our audience with all week. We're going to be announcing the biggest, fattest news ever in Faith FM history. Okay. We've already announced it. We've already announced it, actually. Yes. <laughs> this is a delayed broadcast. You guys are behind the times. We announced it on the live show, but do you know what? I don't care how many times I announce it live or delayed. It just makes me so excited every single time. I just I love thinking about it. I love talking about it. I just love everything about this news. I'm okay. so excited. So, um, are we going to announce it or are we going no, to? No, no. We're going we're gonna to do a proper desk thumping okay, drum roll. All right, all right. In the the, good yes, news right. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Drum roll. Drum roll. Yeah, yeah. Lyle's been practicing his drum rolls. Uh-huh. So, you're going to have Bang to stay tuned. Uh, we're gonna, Producers, we're producer was looking at me like, what on earth is he doing <laughs> Stop in there? breaking the studio. <laughs> yeah, so we are going to let you know uh, In after the next song break, we're going to be doing the big announcement. So yeah, do stay tuned. It is super crazy, blow your mind exciting. What are you thankful for today, apart from being able to <sighs> announce the biggest news ever on Faith FM? I guess apart from that, I am thankful for my housemate um, last night. My big manly housemate, one of my housemates uh, came in and rescued me from a cockroach that was like the size of my foot. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was crawling The size my, of your foot. Well, that might be a slight exaggeration for storytelling slight, purposes. Slight exaggeration. <laughs> slight. But it was so big and it was climbing the wall like on, in my bedroom and I just the had a heart attack. size of your foot. Minus the toes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it was probably the biggest one I've ever seen in my life. And did you squish it and did you have cockroach guts? Look, I left the room. I left the room. I was like, okay. Caleb, save me. And so he came in and he saved me and I, I, um, I took off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thank- thankful for full water tanks and amazing couple of days away with yes my wife, the most beautiful woman in the world, yes, right? Absolutely, yeah. You just celebrated third, twenty fourth, twenty fourth, twenty fourth, twenty four years together. Yes, going very beautiful. And um, did you not get flash flooded while you were like down there in Manly? No. No. Okay, I thought there was flashlights happening in Sydney. But it was pretty cool crossing the uh, on the Manly Ferry to uh, Sydney on the on the Sydney Harbour Ferry. We took uh, we took green water over the bow. Oh, really? <laughs> we did. It was like <laughs> wow. The, the bridge, the bridge actually disappeared behind the spray. Oh my word! Like completely right over the top. Messy. I would have been so like green water over the bow. Over the uh, spray probably I don't know uh, three meters higher than the bridge. It would have been green water over the bow and green vomit out the back for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just. It was only you only sort of you only sort of catch two or three big sets as you go across, and okay. then you, then you're in shelter again. But they were dudes. No, they were doozies. It was, was good fun. Speaking of doozies, everybody, everybody was having so much fun. <laughs> well, speaking of doozies, stay tuned. We've got some doozy news coming up after this song. A lot of us grew up believing At any moment we could lose it all And at the drop of a hat God might turn his back and move on A lot of us feel like we blew it Thinking that we're just too 
far gone But I want you to know There's still a hope for you listening to Ryan Stevenson, no matter what, here on Faith FM, and no matter what happens, we are about to have another clue for our, or first clue for our quiz. Yes, indeed, it is our Friday morning Bible breakfast quiz. It is a who am I quiz, and the first clue is, my wife's name is Alicia Bar, Elisha Bar, Alicia Bar, something like that, E-L-I-S-H-E-B-A. If you know the answer, give us a call. Two prizes coming your way. Oh, Lyle doesn't know the answer. I like how you announced that. That's very clever. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> coming soon. It's, I know the name Elisha Bar and just can't put my finger on it right now. It's not that hard. It's just an obscure clue. That's all. Yeah. They'll get less obscure. Yep. Oh, Lyle, it's time. Okay. All right. 
You want that drum roll? <laughs> yeah, give me the drum roll. Okay. Biggest news in Faith FM history. We're going to Africa and we're taking the radio with us. <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. But you weren't expecting that, were you? I bet they were thinking like, oh, what's it going to be? Like, Mon gets a puppy finally. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are going to be taking Faith FM radio to Africa with us. Both Lyle and I are going to be involved with mission trips uh, next year. In, I, I say next year, it sounds so far away, but it's really just around the corner because yeah, we're right. going to the beginning of the year. A couple of months. And, um, and we're so excited and we've decided to be broadcasting from Africa. So you guys get to come with us. So first of all, I want to take, I'm going to take a little bit of a breakdown this of the trip. It's going to be a radio journey to the other side the, of the world. It's going to be incredible. We're going to be interviewing people from uh, countries and the missions uh, that we'll be working with, the charities. It's going to be, it's going to be just phenomenal. Um, and actually our interviews start today because we're interviewing the guy who heads up the, um, the charity that I'll be involved with in the first country. So we're going to go to Kenya, uh, South Africa and Ethiopia. So we're still working out a few of the details, like South Africa, so we at the details there. Uh, Lyle will be preaching an entire campaign in Ethiopia. It's very exciting. Evangelistic campaign. Evangelistic campaign, preaching to the people over there. Um, it's going to be so just, it's going to be an incredible experience. Lawson's going as well. Lawson's coming too. So <laughs> if, we'd, if we're standing, we ain't got one. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be very exciting. Um, so first of all, yeah, I'll be going to uh, Kenya for the month of February. And, uh, and we'll be doing... Um, a health clinic, a roaming health clinic there in Kenya, uh, moving around the Nakuru district. So jumping from place to place to place, jumping from church to church, essentially, from what I understand, and uh, and doing this health thing. Um, and we're going to have the the director on on our interview segment today, uh, telling us more details about that. Um, and I'll be talking to the people there and interviewing before and after stories and the incredible stories that come out of these clinics, these health clinics. And uh, and so you'll hear me on the radio every morning, uh, give you a little, a little African update. And then in the month of March, Lyle will fly across and join us over there in Africa and uh, we'll be doing the Ethiopian leg for the month of March. So, And we'll be bringing you the radio live from Ethiopia. Yes, very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Uh, so, so it'll be the Lyle and Moncho still, yeah. but from <laughs> Ethiopia. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Which I am super excited about. I've got to tell right. you, there is out of all of the African countries, the, I, I think the, 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 the North African countries are the ones that are highest on my list. You know, you know I love history. Um, uh-huh. I am going to cop this. Get. The longest continuous Christian nation on the planet. It's just incredible. This nation has more history of Christianity than any other nation around. And wow. I am going right there. And it is so exciting. <laughs> and it is the only African nation that has never been colonized. Wow. They have always been their own nation. That must be the system. Oh, their culture must be just incredible. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's, the, it's just the it's just the best. I'm so excited about it. The, uh, the, uh, the and, and, and we're going to take you to yes. some of those historical locations. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you, you know, commentary, word pictures, everything uh, of some of the most amazing things. That and of course, you know, Ethiopia is is, is, a, is a very mountainous country. Yeah, uh, varied climate. You know, some places icy cold, some places blazing hot. Um, so there's not only is there just incredible history, there is incredible geography, there is you know unique plants and animals and cultures and people and foods. Just and the whole which continent. Going to tell you yeah. all about it. It's going to be incredible. You know, this is the this is a country. It doesn't have you know how most of your African countries they're either going to have uh, uh, French, uh, Swahili. English, Spanish, Portuguese, you know, they're going to have one of these kind of languages. Yeah. Ethiopia doesn't. 
It's just Ethiopian. It was never colonized. Wow. I can't wait to see the architecture, to be honest. Like, if it's a non-colonized country, which is kind of hard to find, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. It is. Yeah, and and in Ethiopia, the the campaign that Lars will be preaching is part of a huge team. So, there's like like about 10, 15 different speakers that are going across. That's just from Australia. Yeah, and then then there's speakers coming from other parts of the world as well. We know that our boss... um, Total Mission Involvement. Yeah, TMI, Total Mission Involvement. involvement. Um, You know, our boss, (coughs) his dad lives in Romania, and he's coming from Romania to Ethiopia to preach. And, uh, And so, there's going to be a huge team from around the world coming to Ethiopia in March, and they're going to just do like multiple campaigns at the same time all around the, the district, and so that the whole city is just going to be able to have this amazing opportunity to hear the message, um, you know, to hear the, the and, message. And we'll, of be able to, we'll be able to post up all of the photos of everything we're doing on it's a daily be basis on, face, on our social yeah. medias. You'll be able to see what's It'll happening. Be a very exciting time on our social media. And, um, and of course, we want to solicit your prayers. Like 100%, please keep this in prayer. Uh, in between the Kenya and the Ethiopia leg, there's a potential like South African campaign as well. We're still working out the details on that one. Of course, you know how travel plans are. They can be a bit shaky when you're first getting everything organized. So yeah, keep everything in prayer. Um, and one of the other ways that we want to take you with us is through your donations. So obviously we, we are going to be raising funds to, um, you know, everything's been sort of paid up and squared away on our end, but we are raising funds to pay for medical supplies at this yeah, point. Yeah, a number of charities that are yeah. taking Place. A number of charities are going to be involved. And uh, and so, you know, we're coming up to Christmas. It's often the time of year that people start thinking, oh, I should give. I should give, you know, to, to some sort of charitable organization or, or, you know, to someone who needs, um, has bigger needs than I do. And, uh, and we want to make that opportunity now. That's why we're telling you now ahead of time um, that we would love to, to have your, your support, your donation. Um, uh, for medical supplies, essentially. So keep keep that in mind as you're planning your Christmas giving that we are going to be collecting. Uh, if you want to donate already, that's fine. We're going to be telling our donation line and, and details uh, pretty much every day uh, until we go. So to donate, you can either just call us here, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and we can do it over the phone with you. Uh, if you would like to do it online in your own time, that's fine. You can go to kenyahealth.org. That's kenyahealth, one word, dot O-R-G. And you'll see at the top of the page, is a donate button that we'll you just click donate. Yeah, yeah, we'll messages. post up some links as well. We'll probably repost them every week just so people don't, you know, that doesn't get too far down in our social media feed. So yeah, so that's our exciting news. We are super stoked heading over to Africa. So that's uh, my first, the first flight is on the 30th of January. You've never been to Africa before. Have I have you? never set foot on the continent. Never been to Africa. Have you? Yeah. Oh, where'd you go? Egypt. Oh, of course. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm like beside myself because this is, you know, not just just as not just an incredible opportunity to do, to do mission work and, and ministry and serve, which I've never really done like a proper sort of like the jungles of nowhere kind of mission trip. I've done like you know the outback of Australia. <laughs> Monica is going to the jungles of nowhere in Kenya and staying in a resort, right? <laughs> no, no. Um, but yeah, I've never done that before. But I've also never set foot uh, in, a, in this continent. So it's a new continent for me. I'm very, very, very excited about it. So yeah. and the great thing here is that we're not just going to preach the word, we're going to make people's lives better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like the, the clinic in Kenya, they actually, it's so sad. Like oh, I can't tell you too much about it because we are going to be interviewing the guy who runs it uh, in a couple of minutes and I don't want to tell everything that he's going to say. But it, the stories that he's shared with me already have just been so moving. Um, just, you know, with these people, they have, you know, 
injuries and illnesses and just simply can't afford to, you know, to, to get something done about it. And then they have this clinic that comes over and provides hope and healing for them. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. We'll be putting pictures of those up on Instagram as well and, and Facebook and our social so you can have a look at some of the the previous year's mission um, mission workers like because they go every year. And so, you know, um, you can have a look at and see what, what's been done before and then you can get a sort of an idea of what we're going to be doing. Also, to be honest, if some of you were thinking, do you know what? Not only do I want to donate, but I kind of want to come with. You can. Uh, if you go to kenyahealth.org, there is actually information there on how you can come along if you would like to volunteer. They're still accepting um, people to join us on the team. Um, they do prefer uh, medical professionals, so like nurses, doctors, that kind of thing. But I'm, I'm not a, a medical professional by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm going to be like the grunt work gopher kind of um, medicine dispensing kind of person filling in the gaps for, for the professionals. And, uh, and in Ethiopia, I understand that there's uh, availability for people who do want to do children's ministry. Yes, Ethiopia has a need for people who want to work with uh, do, do children's ministry, doing like kids club, doing health talks, um, doing visitations, like visiting the people during um, during the daytime and just doing Bible studies. So if you're interested in any of that, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Uh, we're going to be talking about this a lot in the next two months before our flights, so enjoy it. Where are you now when darkness Seems to win. Where are you now when the world is crumbling? Oh, I, I, I hear you say.
You're listening to Lauren Daigle with Look Up Child here on Faith FM. And, Mon, let's have another clue for our quiz before yes. we get too distracted talking about Africa. Africa. Oh, Africa 2019. Here we come. Okay, let me tell you the next clue for our quiz. Uh, why am I holding up the prize book? Okay, so the clue is Eliezer and Ithamar are two of my sons. So this is a who am I? Oh, El- I know this one. I, this is not coming to me. Nah. Eliezer and Ithamar, two of my sons. If you can give us a call now, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and tell us the correct answer before Lyle, I will give you two prizes. The first one of which is a book by Ada R. Habershon. It's called Outline Studies of the Tabernacle. Very interesting book all about the tabernacle. Um, sanctuary. Uh, it's, it's a small book. It's not huge. It's not massively heavy reading. But it just makes um, the entire sanctuary message very easy to understand. And then also, if you get it before I'll get it, I'll add in a KJV Bible, brand new Bible. Lyle's looking Should all confused. Should I have a stab? Should I have He's a looking stab? all confused. Uh, maybe I won't have a stab. Anyway, <laughs> coalition government and Labor are still divided on laws to ban religious schools from discriminating oh, against no. gay students, despite both parties supporting the principle. Oh, my. Okay, so there are laws in place. We've mentioned this before. Where in a school, a religious school has the right to expel a gay student. And, of course, we're in the process of getting rid of those laws. Uh, Labor obviously wants to go much further than uh, Liberal in this particular case. Uh, these are laws that have never been acted on, and this is mm-hmm. something that I think it's very, very important to Yeah, we need out. to highlight that for sure. Yeah, no school has ever done that. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's kind of condemning them by saying they have they have, they have this right and therefore they're wrong. But just because they have the right doesn't mean they've actually acted yeah, on no, it. No, no school is actually you know expelling students. However, there are schools who do teach that homosexuality is wrong. There are schools, religious schools, that have the you know, and this is the thing that religious schools need to have the right to be able to teach biblical morality, mm-hmm. whatever their interpretation of that biblical yep. morality is. Mm-hmm. And so there is, you know, um, we can teach that adultery is wrong. And the moment that you say that something is wrong, you have discriminated against that person. So when a school teaches that adultery is wrong, you could claim, if you wanted to, that they have discriminated against all adulterers, and that is a very large portion of the Australian population. Mm Mm-hmm. Adulterers are not getting upset about this and adulterers are not uh, campaigning to have this changed. Um, probably because adulterers don't have a history of bullying that um, in in recent times anyway that uh, you know the homosexual community has had. Mm-hmm. However, I think that history is long past us now uh, for the most part. And, uh, and, and, but we need to be able to, you know, say that, you know, we're a religious school. We believe that this is wrong. You know, we believe that it's wrong that you do not honor your parents. You know, the Bible says honor your father and your mother. We believe that's wrong. And the moment that we say that that is wrong, we have discriminated against all those who go out and divorce their parents and, you know, you know, all, all of this kind of thing. Um, and so this is the, this is the challenge. Now, of course, Liberal wants, to be able to uh, for schools to maintain some level of being able to teach biblical morality, whereas Labor wants to uh, uh, pretty much get rid of all of it. Uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison wants Labor to back the coalition's plan to protect gay students from discrimination in religious schools. The opposition Senate uh, leader Penny Wong's bill will come to a vote on Monday after talks with the coalition government broke down earlier in the week. 
Um, negotiations failed after the government insisted new provisions be introduced to allow religious schools to enforce rules such as compelling gay students to attend church services. So in some religious schools, uh, part of a being in that school is that you go to church, maybe once a week, once a day, whatever it might be. Um, it revolves around you know religious instruction. And a religious school should have the right to enforce the curriculum that they see fit. Mm-hmm. And if 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 you know, if I send my kids to a religious school, I expect them to get religious instruction. I did not send my children to a relig- religious school of my faith. Mm-hmm. It was a religious school of a different faith, and I expected them to get instruction in that different faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was something that we talked about as a family. We discussed it through and said, okay, this is the situation. This is what it's going to be, and this is what their, my expectations are. And when they taught my, stu- my, my, my children things that were not according to my faith, I didn't get upset and say, oh, this is my kids are being discriminated against because my kids are Adventists and these guys are Baptists or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. No, that's what you expect and that's what you accept. And, you know, this is really where the principle of uh, um, you know, capitalism comes in because capitalism is something that's completely blind to sexual preferences or nationality or colour or anything else like that. And if you don't like it, don't send your children there. Yeah. Send them somewhere else. Absolutely. You know, I had plenty of options as to where I could send my kids <coughs> and uh, and I chose this particular one and there were some you know particular reasons why I chose that particular one. To be able to have religious liberty, our religious schools need the liberty to be able to preach you know, and read the passages that are in the Bible that speak about homosexuality. You know, we, we can't ban schools from reading from their, you know, particular sacred text just because we don't like what that sacred text says. We can ban schools from bad behavior. We can ban schools from, you know, inciting violence and, you know, um, you know expelling, you know, students because of their sexual preference and these kinds of things. We can do that. Um Absolutely. But we can't ban a religious school from saying that something is wrong and from having a moral code. Um, this is this is a, a, a gross infringement on religious liberty, but of course the problem is that we have no f- legal framework for religious liberty here in this country. There's a story we're going to be continuing continuing to cover over the next couple of weeks and we have a number of interviews lined up with educators and religious liberty experts who will be coming on the show here on Faith FM so stay tuned for those as we move through the next couple of weeks. But moving on to another story, uh, some research has come out absolutely hammering the paleo diet. Oh, excellent. At long last. Oh, thank goodness. Surprise, surprise. Australian researchers. Oh, good. Have linked it to heart disease. Good. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Along with, uh, of course, you know, the World Health Organization coming out and saying that red meat causes cancer. Yeah. And the paleo diet, I have to say, the paleo diet is the single dumbest thing I have ever come across. Yeah, it's profoundly stupid. (laughs) I pretty much switched off when they said Neolithic diet. And I'm like, yes, Neolithic Neolithic people were not the greatest success. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, and they are still not the greatest successful survivors on the planet. Um, of course, we have very few Neolithic uh, cultures still in existence, but they do still exist. And, uh, you know, it's like seriously going to go back to that. Mm. You know, you're going to go back to a developing country's diet, a, 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 a less than third world diet. Yeah. You know, and that's supposed to be enlightenment. It just blows my mind that people think it's a good idea. I mean, I even have, 
even I have some Christian friends who follow paleo and it's like the whole thing it's is based diet. on evolution. Why would you even subscribe? Like as soon yeah. as you hear it's based on that, just chuck it out the window. Like you know it's going to be nonsense. Diet, evolution, yeah, rubbish. And people are like, oh, but it works, but it works. Do you know what? It doesn't. Every single- There is zero no, no, evidence. No, every single diet does work, but it doesn't mean it's healthy. You can lose weight by starving yourself to death. It's it, Just because you okay. lose weight doesn't mean it's a good way to do it. Okay, but here's the, here's the research. There is zero evidence- that indicates the paleo diet, diet, you will lose any weight. So it doesn't even work. It doesn't even work. It's a fat diet. It, no. it has zi- it has zip zero work. So for those who uh, might be uh, wondering what the paleo diet is, um, it's a diet that includes meat, vegetables, nuts, and a limited amount of fruit. It's one that excludes grains, legumes, beans, dairy, salt, and sugar. It's just so stupid. It's so <laughs> stupid. I mean, grains grains are a source of uh, of uh, an important source of fiber, um, and they're an important source of fermentable fiber, which ferments in your gut to create a. Uh, they're they're vital gut. to to a healthy gut and your mm-hmm. microbiome in the gut. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to try and eliminate this from our diet. Is it like, <laughs> you know, removing beans and grains. If you really want to go to a primitive diet, here, let me read you this. This is Genesis chapter 1 and verse 29. The Bible says, Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given uh, every green plant as food for all the wild, you know, wild animals, etc., etc., etc. And so here God outlines the very first diet that was ever given to human beings. Fruits, grains, nuts, and in chapter 3 you have Vegetables. Mm. If you want to go back and find a, a, a great historical diet, fruits, grapes, grains, nuts, and vegetables, a plant-based diet is the biblical diet that you know we all started with, and it's the diet that we will all end with. In yeah. heaven, guess what? Amen. You're all going to be eating a plant-based diet because there's no death in heaven. Some people freak out when they hear that. Like, oh, what? No meat in heaven? No, there'll be no meat in heaven because there's no death. Death will be eradicated. I can't wait for that to happen. Anyway, this is Mark Schultz with Remember Me.
Listen to Mark Schultz, remember me here on Faith FM. And uh, Mon, we've got another clue for our quiz. Nobody snapped it up. I haven't even got it's three prizes still left available. Yes, Lyle, you are struggling with this. I nearly wrote something down in the last section. Well, let's uh, see if you can write it down uh, correctly this time. Ready. Oh, we've got your pen and paper ready. It's a Who Am I quiz, as we know. The third clue I died on Mount Hoar. H O R, I died on Mount Hoar. He's writing, he's writing. He has it correct, even though he's misspelt it. <laughs> Lyle knows the answer. Do you? Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. If you can get it right, I'm going to send you a copy of Outline Studies of the Tabernacle by Ada R. Habershon. Really wonderful prize this morning. I'm kind of glad that uh, I didn't write it down last time. I would have been wrong. Uh-huh. Ooh. So my, my gut was right. My, was like, my gut was telling me, don't write anything down. I was like, ooh, but I want to write something down. <laughs> Well, we have a wonderful uh, interview coming up right now, and I'm super duper excited. Actually, I forgot to mention, um, you know, we are going to Africa. Uh, we're going to Kenya and Ethiopia and South Africa, and um, Lyle and myself, we're going to be taking all our listeners with us, uh, taking their radio with us, so we'll be able to hear our, our Africans rep- African report every day. Uh, and we are going to be interviewing now the the leader of one of the, the uh, missions, uh, charity groups that I'll be working with. We did actually interview yesterday um, – Lisa Taylor from Days for Girls. And I forgot to mention when we're making the announcement that we're also going to be doing um, a bit of collaboration with Days for Girls and where we're taking the kits that Lisa was talking about across to Kenya and also helping out uh, distributing those. But for now, we want to talk to um, Ivan and Judy uh, who are from Kenya Health. Uh, Ivan and Judy, how are you going? We're great. Thanks for having us this morning. I'm so Good excited. Morning. I'm so excited, Judy. I can't, I'm going to pop out of my skin any second now. <laughs> Vaughn <laughs> so has been popping out of her skin all morning long. <laughs> okay, but well, let me warn you. Yes, let me warn you that once you've been there, you'll be popping out even more. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like popping out of my skin. It's all good. But let's get down to the serious stuff. What is Kenya Health? Tell us all about it, Judy. Okay, we're a not-for-profit, rotary-sponsored Australian charity. Mm-hmm. We run biannual trips to Kenya to conduct free medical clinics for the underprivileged. 
Wow, that's that's a good nutshell. I like that. How how did this start? Like, how do you just go? Do you know what? I think I'm going to head over to Kenya and do some surgery. Like, how do you start off something like this? Okay, Kenya Health was founded by Lyle Burgoyne, a, a midwife from Mulumba. After he had a trip to Kenya and saw firsthand the desperate medical needs of the poverty-stricken in that country, unfortunately, Lyle died prematurely in 2013. Mm. And since then, we have carried on the work. Kenya Health is governed by a board of management, and Ivan and I are both active members of that board. Wow, that's that's a guy's legacy. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'd like to give you a snapshot of the medical landscape in Kenya. The provincial general hospitals in Kenya are surrounded by high um, chain wire fences with security guards at all the entrances. And when we first saw them, you'd make an assumption that um, that was to keep people out. But in Kenya, it's actually to keep the patients in. Because if if you're actually um, go to hospital and receive treatment, you are not allowed to leave till you pay the bill that you've incurred. Wow. So that that, that becomes like a, a de facto prison for poor people then? That, that, well, poor people don't go there. That, that, that's it in a nutshell. In fact, if you're unfortunate enough to die in hospital, they won't even release the patient's body for burial until such time as the bills are paid. But that's ridiculous. Yes, so Wouldn't there just be a pile of dead actual, bodies? It's quite shocking for us, isn't it? We yeah. don't understand Mm. I'd be much too scared to go to hospital in Kenya then if you know, if I couldn't afford it. it like you basically like submitting yourself to prison essentially. If you if you were too poor to afford, it, I mean, if you think about it. I'm going to hospital. It might be several years before I get out. <laughs> that's cr- that's crazy. It's like saying, well, it's actually worse than that. They just don't go to hospital. They yeah. Don't go. So so who does who does Kenya Kenya Health actually help? Like so is. It's just poor people. Like I've seen on your on your Facebook pages, like people in stripy outfits. Like who does it help? Okay, we focus on women and children, but where possible, we don't turn anyone away. We run clinics in the slum areas and in remote country locations where patients don't have the opportunity to seek any medical services, or indeed the money to pay for those services. And you also go to prisons, don't you? Yes, we do. We actually, I've, I've, I've um, they're called hospitals. Aren't they? <laughs> I shouldn't say we that. go. We actually go to the women's prison every six months when we're there because in Kenya the women are allowed to give birth in jail and keep their babies till they're four years old. Um, once they turn four, they are taken from the mums and either put into an orphanage or given to other family members that will care for them. But while they're in prison, the conditions are very um, basic. Mm-hmm. And um, so we go and conduct a medical clinic in the women's prison, as I said, six, six monthly. Now, Julia, just got a quick question here. Um, you, you mentioned the condition of the of the hospitals, how that they imprison people until they pay their bills um, is and obviously you're doing work in Kenya are there other African countries that have where the hospitals follow the same business model unfortunately I can't give you that answer because you know our experience is limited to Kenya sure 
Can I just ask? So, like, when you when you say you have these clinics and you go, um, you know, around and, and, you, and you conduct these clinics, what, what what actually happens at these clinics? Do people turn up and get like you know surgery or just like a little swab or a band aid? Like, what's the extent of the work done at these clinics? Yeah. Okay. Um, often we can arrive at a clinic, so we go on a clinic for a day. We um, have a van and we load that van up with medications and we take our medical staff and non-medical volunteers with us. Um, When we arrive at the clinic site, usually a church, we have many people waiting for us. Sometimes it can be 20 or 30, but other times if it's been well advertised by the locals, we can have up to 400 people waiting for us at the gate. Wow. Um, once once we set up, we register each patient and we weigh them and take their blood pressure. We write that on a slip of paper and then they go and see the clinician or the doctor for their examination. They then move to the pharmacy for their prescribed free medications and instructions on their use. It costs approximately $6,000 to run these um, intensive clinics for three weeks. And that's the money that we're trying to raise at the moment. So um, good listeners, if you're hearing, that's that's what we're raising our money for is to run these intensive clinics. Now, what what kind of needs do these patients have? Like do they come in with, I don't know, like malaria or like a, a paper cut? Like what have yeah. they got? What's wrong with them? Yeah, sure, sure. So um, malaria is one of the things that we do see. Um, chest, eye and skin infections, wounds, burns, digestive complaints, broken limbs, Tumors, hernias. We also have the opportunity when we go across to take glasses with us from Australia and many, many people line up to come and get free glasses. Wow. We, we also screen for HIV, AIDS and diabetes and offer advice and support on family planning. What we can treat on site is cared for immediately, but if further investigation and or surgery is required, we take patient details And on our return to Australia, we fundraise so that these treatments can be completed. Our local nurse facilitates these surgeries in country once the funds are raised. So, um, Judy, just very quickly, um, how do you you go about procuring the medications? Do you you purchase those here in Australia and and, and take them with you or do you buy them uh, in Kenya when you get there? No, we, we buy wholesale medication in Kenya. We can buy everything over the counter without prescription, which is um, helpful for us. us. (laughs) Um, And so we have a regular supplier over there and we purchase in country and it's a lot cheaper in country than here. How many, how many, you you talk about taking a van and driving out to various clinics (laughs) and various locations where you set these clinics up. How many of those locations will you cover during a typical biannual trip to Kenya? Okay, um, we we run about fourteen or fifteen clinics per trip. Wow, wow! And so, we see and we see three and a half to four thousand patients per trip. How many can you get through in one day? I guess that would we depend like on the size of the <laughs> size of the staffing that's gone to the volunteers, right? All of those things are true, but we have seen up to five hundred people in a day. Wow. 
Who who like who staffs these clinics? So like obviously it's you and your husband and uh, and me this time around. But who else? Like what kind of people are <laughs> going on be these Judy, trips? Mon, and, <laughs> and Ivan team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just don't show me nothing too gross, all right, Judy? I can't yeah. handle blood. I'm, I'm a bit worried. Okay. For, I'm a bit worried for Kenya this time around. You know, <laughs> Kenya, with Mon I'll going over there. <laughs> I will provide enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, yes, you will, as we all do. And that's what I said earlier, that um, Kenya really gets under your skin and um, we fell in love with it and that's why we continue to do what we're doing. But um, back to your question, Lyle, um, we have Australian volunteers. Every trip we take Australian volunteers with us and we also have Kenyan volunteers and workers. So how many Kenyan uh, volunteers would you have typically on a on one of your biannual trips? Okay, um Probably half a dozen. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Where, where in mm. Kenya does this happen? Like, is it like in the like in I don't know in the capital or something like that? No, we actually operate out of Nakuru, and Nakuru is the second largest city in Kenya. Um, and um, I was going to tell you that, as well as the women's prison, one of the things that we always go to is the um, Nakuru dump because there's a whole community, a slum that lives at the dump at wow. the pit and they eke out an existence from scavenging and so that's another one of the special places that we, there's a church actually oh. right on, on the border of the dump, you can see the dump from the church and um, so we run a clinic there and we um, see Probably about, three, probably about 300 people come to that clinic each trip. I, I didn't realise we were going to be doing that. that. That's really blowing my mind, Judy, because I've actually seen our documentaries um, about a documentary about these people, these people who live on a rubbish dump and they just forage for food, they scavenge for food. There's a whole culture stuff. that's developed up in many, in quite a few countries around the world of, uh, of dump dwellers. Yeah, yeah, and it's like... I remember, I think it was like BBC, I think it was like Human Planet. I think that was a documentary I watched. And there's like a family, there's like a mom and a dad and like, you know, a bunch of kids and a baby and they all like live on a rubbish dump. And just, I remember crying when I watched it, just thinking, you know, we have so much, we have so much the rest of the world and here these people are living in a rubbish dump. Well, I'm really glad we're going to be serving these people. I'm, I'm so stoked we're going yeah, to be serving these people. If you're listening to, this, listening to this show this morning, I want you to challenge yourself to this. Picture, picture a family living and raising their children on a dump and just look at your window right now at what you're looking at. Mm. And thank God that you live in Australia in a lucky country and ask yourself what you can you what you can do to help somebody else you know on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the planet and coming up to that question um so judy how can how can people volunteer i mean can people volunteer like when and where is the next trip okay as you've already said the next trip is in february mm-hmm. and um but the february and the august trip for next year are fully subscribed so we're actually recruiting now for our um, February trip in 2020. We take both medical and non-medical volunteers because there's plenty of things for non-medical people to be involved in. We work really hard. We are exhausted at the end of the day. And the other thing that I'd like to remind people is that it is a third world country. And even though um, our accommodation is safe and secure, we actually are out amongst it through the day. How far do you travel each day? Um, in Kenya, they say not far, and not far could be <laughs> ten minutes or two hours. So, <laughs> I'm so looking far. forward so to every, this. Everywhere, everywhere is not far. Then, 
That's it's right. Like, it's like my, exactly my wife right. accuses, accuses me of, 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 of this all the time because I, I have this saying of the other day. Uh, we did it the other day. And, you know, <laughs> for me, the other day can be any day other than today. <laughs> you know, yeah, if it was 30 years exactly ago, right. it was the <laughs> other day. But <laughs> Wild. The, other, the other thing that happens in Kenya is that they don't tell you things unless you specifically ask. Oh. So, um, it, Ivan manages the country um, operations over there and uh, he's always struggling to get the full information that we require here because we uh, we are fully audited and, um, you know, give reports to the board every month. And But it's a struggle to get the information that we require because they just don't tell you unless you ask. <laughs> This is good for me, Judy, because I'm a person who has an annoying amount of questions, so I'm glad they're going to be dealing with that happily. Um, Can can you just tell us, how long has uh, Kenya Health been running? Yes, we've been running for 11 years. Wow. With two trips a year. Wow, that's tw- yeah, twenty-two trips to Kenya. That's truly amazing. So, how, like, how can we? How can the listeners uh, get behind this? How can we donate to Kenya Health? And we really want our listeners to. We know we have good listeners. We have kind, generous listeners. We've seen it over and over again. And we really want culture here in Australia. That's yeah, what we do. exactly. Australians we help are out. Like that. Yeah, I mean, thinking. I'm just. I'm just. As you were talking about that dumpster situation, that people living on a rubbish heap, I was just juxtapositioning that in my mind with the upcoming Christmas celebration that we have here in Australia and just the billions of dollars we're about to spend on materialism, on, on consumerism, plastic on plastic junk versus these, these, these communities that are living in rubbish tips. And I know that our listeners want to get behind that and, and donate. They want to do their Christmas giving. Um, so how can, how can our listeners donate to Kenya Health? Yeah, Okay. Um, for, for tax deductible donations, we ask people to go to our website at www.kenyahealth.org. Very easy. And at that front page, there's a donation button on there. Um, yep. Button, and you just click that button, no and worries. it takes you through. Very simple. Thank you so much, Judy. Now, we're going to have uh, Judy and her team come back on air uh, over the next two months uh, leading up to our trip, and they're going to be telling us more about Kenya Health and just keeping that in the forefront of our minds. Um, thank you so much for helping us out and answering our questions, Judy. Just get ready for round two. It'll be soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Okay, we look forward to, uh, to doing that all over again. And, of course, we are seriously looking forward to heading off to Africa. If you would like to donate, 1-800-FAITH-FM or go to kenyahealth.org and you can click on the donate button there. Stay tuned. This is Christopher Tin with Baba Yetu featuring the Suruwetu uh, Gospel Choir. Baba yetu yetu liye binguni yetu yetu amina Baba yetu yetu liye mjina la kweli tukuzwe Baba yetu yetu liye binguni yetu yetu amina Baba yetu yetu liye mjina la kweli tukuzwe Tupile uchakula chetu, tunachowe taju yutusume Makosa yetu, hey! 
easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.